On episode 40, we take a look back at the first season of The Goblin Trashmasters. After a long day of failing to day two, we take a trip to a local bar and have to do the hardest part of having a podcast. Explaining what your podcast is about. I'm joined by my partners in crime and a very special guest. Say hello, Anthony. Hello, listeners. My co-hosts have chosen to indulge me a bit on this episode. Say hello, Ashley. As long as we don't bring up the dog murder, I'm fine. Oh, we fucking will. Say hello, Carla. I haven't even been introduced yet. Your listeners have no context for who I am. Who are you? We haven't canonically met yet. Where am I? Am I dead? Is this Judeo-Christian hell? Why can't I see anything? It's an auditory medium. Let's talk some trash. The Goblin Trashmasters is recorded in front of a live studio audience of pets. So how'd you do? Lost my winning in today, too. Damn, I lost the round before. I've been drinking since before round three started. So we're all dead. Side events? If by side events you mean getting drunk at the Airbnb, then yes. You mean more drunk? Yes, although to be technically correct, I believe it's more drunkerer. I don't think that's right. I'm pretty sure it is, though. Hey, welcome to the Thirsty Crow. What are we going to get started with? Well, in spite of the fact that we all did really shitty at this children's card game today, we are celebrating. So do you have anything that comes out with a sparkler? Three McUltras coming up. I'm glad our waitress spite ordered McUltras for us. It could have been worse. We could have gotten Bud Light Lime. We're annoying, but not that annoying. Yeah, she wouldn't try to kill us. So you three said you were celebrating. What's the occasion? World's most confusing thruffle anniversary? Hey, are you hearing canned laughter every time she says something mean, or is this the stroke finally come to take me? It's real. I'm not that lucky. <laughs> so we're actually celebrating the wrap of season one for our podcast. I've been asked to be more conversational and less confrontational. So what's this podcast about? So there's this children's card game called Magic the Gathering, and we spend adult money going to different cities to play it. So the podcast is about you all talking about your poor financial decisions? Well, there was this one time we talked about fair rides. I have been on a -a tilt-a-whirl exactly once, and I've never been so well acquainted with my inner organs. I felt all of them. It was awful. And people eat fair food before going on those things. I don't understand it. mm, Such a terrible idea. I'll eat an (laughs) elephant ear on the tilt-a-whirl. Oh my gosh. You're... Not human or something. Clearly, we I don't can't know. trust your judgment. We've listed a few <laughs> things just in this episode. Yo, I really want to eat spaghetti while on a tilt a whirl. I've not You'd done lose that. The and spaghetti. I think I'd like to. Yeah, but, I think but, it would but just Anthony, go all what is over the place? What, what is a tilt a whirl spaghetti policy? What is your spaghetti policy? What is your spaghetti policy? <laughs> just you pull take out a spa. Just pull out a <laughs> Ziploc bag of spaghetti out of your coat pocket. Oh, so I you will... have seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> no, I haven't. Is that a thing? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that, Maybe this happens. is some... <laughs> Thinking this through, it would have to be a plastic fork. Yes. Because otherwise to... I jam a metal fork into the roof of my mouth. And that's or bad. just eat it that with hurt. your hands. Just shovel that. That's disgusting, Ashley. <laughs> oh, that's where you draw that's the line. That's disgusting. <laughs> I just think it's really funny to eat spaghetti on a tilt-a-whirl because... <laughs> The centrifugal force would send the noodles sprawling out. <laughs> like, even if they remained attached to your fork, you could just do a <laughs> lady in the woo-hoo. tramp, but with gravity. <laughs> oh, my 
my god. Lord. What if me and Gravity kissed on the Tilt World? JK. <laughs> unless. Unless. <laughs> A love story for the ages, Anthony and Gravity. No, it's not. We've had some pretty rough ones. <laughs> I'm on three continents. I've fallen off a hotel balcony on three continents. Me and Gravity have a have a love hate relationship. <laughs> oh oh man! God. And masturbation. You do the loop de loop and pull, and now your shoes are looking cool. Is that like a masturbation technique? What's happening? Oh, we have guests and stuff, so it's not all weirdness, though. There was that time Kyle was the guest. I don't think that qualifies as non-weirdness. We're treating you like a guest, Kyle. You're a guest now, so we're treating you I, like a guest. I'm a guest in my own home now. Yeah, Look you, at me. Would you like some? Would you like a hot beverage? Can I interest you in any? I don't know. My entertaining is a little different <laughs> from other people's. Uh, what do you do? No, I'm fine. Water, water's good. Uh, <laughs> Take off your shoes, you goddamn ingrate. I don't know. My mother did not do a great job of <laughs> modeling how to treat people that you welcome into your home. So this is just how I handle it. And you all put this out into the world where people can hear you. You use your real names and stuff. Honestly, we probably shouldn't give out as much personal information as we do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we listed out all of our hometowns for no real reason. Oh, my God. Are we the, are we the trivium of horrible places to grow up? I think so. Yeah, with our like, powers combined. <laughs> Wonder Triplets Unite take the form of habitual drug abuse. Kyle puts up his ring, alligator assault. Ashley puts up her ring, compulsive boredom, and a high suicide rate. <laughs> Airboat. <laughs> oh, God. Also, Anthony has definitely admitted to crimes live on the podcast. Stay away from discount on a tilt-a-whirl. I would literally laugh them out of the room and not just because I'm addicted to night and I offer it to all of my guests. Why did you steal that candelabra from me, Valjean? You see, the thing about eating babies is that, oh my, they're so plump and fattening. It's a minute on the lips and a lifetime on the hips. Can I interest you in any cat? I don't understand what is a better place to test your cartwheels than a Pizza Hut kitchen where the GM is exasperatedly asking you to leave. You don't work here. You can't be here. Stop doing cartwheels badly. She was really close to dying. That company oh. party was too wild. My gosh. Yikes. Did you bring the horse? Is that why? I got yeah, they were mixed with. Then I tried to warn her. Oh, no. <laughs> Yikes. Don't do horse mixed with. You can't even get anymore. No. What? We used to be a proper country. Oh. So for safety, if you find any, you know, I'll dispose of them. And Ashley never misses an opportunity to show off the deficiencies of South Dakota's homeschooling curriculum. They can't make you go through the motions if what you're doing is actually a loop. Second mm -hmm. one, non-deterministic loops. Ones that rely on decision trees, probability, or mathematical convergence cannot be shortcut. Ashley, can you describe mathematical convergence to us, please? Nope. You explain it, coward. You probably can. Yeah, probably. That's a whole nother episode. So... <laughs> mathematical convergence is the idea okay you remember mean girls yes i do remember the limit does not exist vaguely that was the big question that katie had to answer in her math leap thing yeah she was like oh the limit yeah. does not exist yeah, yeah, okay yeah, yeah. that's referring to this that's referring to like the 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 sinner's dilemma in hell where mm -hmm. If something gets increasingly closer and closer and closer to absolute, but never actually reaches it, even with an infinite number of times. All right. Imagine this. You, Ashley, are 10 mm -hmm. feet away from a popsicle stand. 
And every second you go from where you are to halfway to the popsicle stand. When will you reach the popsicle stand? The next second? What? Swing and a miss. <laughs> God God bless that homeschooling. Shut up. Huh? Katie, Katie was homeschooled. Yeah, and she could do math. What the fuck is your excuse? I, I don't even have the excuse of being an art student like Kyle. <laughs> yeah, get wrecked. I'm dumb. Wait. <laughs> 10 divided by 2 is? 5. 5 divided by 2 is? 2.5. 2 and a 5? 2 and a half. I couldn't say words. Yeah, yeah. Two and divide a five. that by d- divide that in half again, and again, and again, and again. You never reach zero, right? No. So if I say you are ten feet away from a popsicle stand, and every second you close half of the distance from where you are to the popsicle stand, when you, do you reach the popsicle stand? The answer is it. fucking never. Yeah. Okay. You never reach it. You just keep making smaller and smaller moves towards the popsicle stand for eternity. Damn. Yeah, and Ashley killed that dog too. I believe we were in a bar at one point, and everybody just started chanting, <laughs> Ashley killed that dog. Ashley killed that dog. And who started that, Anthony? I don't know. Someone else? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Someone else. in that bar, we were in the corner of the bar in this little benched area, and everyone in the bar turned around and looked because there were like seven people chanting this. And I was like, oh, my God, nobody knows the context. And there's no way you could possibly explain it. That's what made it so funny. Yeah. (laughs) Like, see, there's this card game. And in this card game, I was a homeless guy that had a dog. That makes it weirder right away. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. It's the worst. Yeah, well, you should never give Anthony fuel for the fire. No, no. (laughs) Because it'll make the fire bigger and he'll huff the gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) For context, this wasn't an actual- I'm not here to judge your life. Kind of feels like you are, though. Kyle fucked some anthropomorphized kudzu. I love Wall of Roots. <laughs> not as much as Wall of Roots loves you. Aww. <laughs> no, it's not a good love, Kyle. Wall of Roots is outside of your window watching you sleep. It's recording Ooh. it, and if you go into Wall of Roots' house, it's just picked up a bunch of old computer monitors and just has that recording of you sleeping, playing on loop all around it. It's made a weird little nest out of your toenail clippings in the center of its bedroom, and it's just surrounded by these junky computer monitors. There's a picture of you that Wall of Roots has on its bedroom mirror, but your eyes are cut out so that when Wall of Roots looks in the mirror, it can see its eyes in your face because that's what it wants. It wants to be a part of you. That's horrifying. Why did you do this to me? I don't want to play Yawgmoth anymore. Yeah, just play Arboreal Grazer instead. At least with the Grazer, it's all hand stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Wall of Roots showed up. Talk about the hole getting darker. Oh my god. If only you could see Anthony's face. Oh god. I'm unhappy with myself. I'm unhappy with you all. I'm unhappy with the world. Yeah, what else is new? (laughs) I need you to remember that you started the Wall of Roots shenanigans. That is true. No, I didn't. It was you. But you're Ashley. You you weren't specific. He's looking at me. It's always that. That that I don't know why I try. He's still back me up on this. Yeah, it was no. definitely it was definitely oh, Ashley. You I know, she go. murdered that dog too. Yeah, this is gonna live forever. It's, Correct. It, it's gonna never die. Unlike that dog. Um, good old Grixis, two for one. When we say she got that dog in her, we mean it's the dog that Kat Ashley killed because she ate it. <laughs> it she please. thought it was barbecue. Oh man, I love Peep Show. <laughs> I feel you on that great value, Billy Joe Armstrong. Who among us hasn't gotten knocked up by the Jolly Green Giant? That's a pretty rough comedy specific for broadcast television. Honey, if this were the show, 
we never would have gotten picked up. Mm, same thing if people knew then what they know now about what Craig T. Nelson did to those strippers. Hey, on the bright side, at least two of us talking to each other means we passed the best shell test. We really wanted to talk about the Jackie Robinsonification of Women in Magic featuring a woman. We have a whole woman on the cast with us. Say hello, hello. Ashley. I I sure. The woman. You remembered my name. Oh, good. That's a good start. A yeah, great that's, start. That's a great start. <laughs> I did not. Am I passing my own Bechdel test? Probably not. <laughs> that I, the Bechdel t- test fails here because there is no other woman for me to talk to. That's true. Get a few yeah. beers in me. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll see. Yeah, I bet the main problem between where you are now and your podcast being in a marketable state is the Bechdel test. Well, picking on people is good comedy, right? Obviously. They don't keep me around here because I make a mean Negroni. Apparently, those aren't supposed to have gasoline in them. A Negroni sounds kind of good, actually. No. (laughs) Bullying is a spice with many tastes. A blend of those who constantly disappoint. Always will expect better of you. That was really (laughs) sad, Anthony. Or... Was it aspirational? No. If I feel if if I'm trying to work towards something and I never feel like I'm ever going to get there, then I just know that you're never happy with it. No one should ever be happy with anything. That's already how I feel when I play magic. So now no. I just know it's true. No. Every time you get better, then the expectations we say you say good job, and then the expectations go up. I'm just enough happy is to be never here. Enough. <laughs> I don't know if I'm happy to be here anymore. Enough is never enough. Always do better. <laughs> and insults. It's not the finish we had. It's the friends we insulted along the way. Mwah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> well, that's a theme today. That's a theme every day. <laughs> True. Are, are we, are we, are we, is there, is the jury still out on the, the, the bully behavior? On whether you, you are a bully? No. Yeah. Okay, great. I was just making sure. Didn't want to misrepresent myself you you didn't you didn't lose your your bully street cred don't worry (laughs) well that hardly seems fair he's always coming for you and you just let him funny you should say that and i'm i'm a big component of this i like component of this i'm done okay whatever (laughs) i'm big on mastery and modern i went to art school stop i'm i'm a large part of mastery (laughs) yes Basically, I represent 53% of the concept of mastery. <laughs> Look, don't bully me or I'll come, all right? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Well, that just took a whole new turn I didn't expect. I think that's disgusting, and I was once on an elevator with Chris Pratt. You think that's disgusting? That's the toothpaste fallacy. Once that's out, you're not getting that back in the tube of toothpaste. Yeah. Which, interestingly enough, was a very heavy-handed metaphor that was used in my Catholic school upbringing for virginity. It, like, is the toothpaste come? That is where I went. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, why would you get a male yeast infection? And they're like, no, Anthony, stop it. No, not that. It's a metaphor. But It's a metaphor. <laughs> It's a metaphor for once you let your virginity out into the world, you can't put it back into the tube. And I was just like, why would you want to put it back into the tube? That's how you'd get a yeast infection. And then they politely asked me (laughs) to leave the health class. And to use a phallic object as the metaphor, like for something about sex when you're not like, oh, my God, it's so dumb. (laughs) Yeah, Welcome to high school. Here's a nun to talk to you about wieners. We do make fun of his shit taste in media. 
No offense. Why do I care about his shit taste in media? Well, he's the one that insisted we do a whole Cheers bit, so, you know. Broken clocks are right twice a day. What actual bad movies is he out here defending? No. <laughs> Kyle, real quick. I'm thinking, like, Florida traditional gender roles. Who makes the Molotovs and who tosses them? Oh, fucking anybody who can hold it. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. A, like, they, sh they give that shit to babies. Florida is just wet Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> so Waterworld. You're describing Waterworld. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a good movie. Don't you fucking <laughs> dare come for Waterworld. Yeah, this whole thing sounds real interesting. I bet a lot of people care what you have to say about stuff. Well, if not us, we definitely did have Nikachu on, and people care what he has to say. All right, so so I got one, and I've wanted this card just to be a merfolk for so long, for so bad. And Nikachu, I've actually heard you talk about, like, just wizards trying to print this. Like, just just give me this. It was, it's a, also a tribal card. It's one mana. I it know what it is. A, yeah. Oh, please, please guess with that. That would be so amazing. That would be so sick. What, right now? Yeah, right yeah. now. Yes. It, yeah, the blue champion of the parish. That's it. Yeah, champion of the parish, Merfolk. <laughs> just give me champion of the Pearl Trident. That would be great. <laughs> now, who is that? Mikachu. God bless you. So that guy's really good then? He sure is. So what makes him better than the other players? He bathes daily or something like that? <laughs> yeah, that. But he's also put in a lot of work and gotten a bunch of theory under his belt. So he's some sort of super genius that chooses to do this instead of something less cool, like being a doctor or gainfully employed. Well, there's really no such thing as someone being naturally good at this game. And I guess my big thesis with this is that nature versus nurture, there's no natural talent that you can have in magic or in any of these subcategories that can set you so far ahead that you are going to be whooping up on people who put in more effort. I say this all the time. I think magic is the closest thing to a meritocracy that you will ever experience in life. The people that work the hardest enjoy the most success. Hey, I know meritocracy. She works on the corner of Prince and Hanover, right? I think she still has my wallet. Yeah, that means she likes you. That and the fact that you still have your kidneys. It's a little dark for broadcast, isn't it? A little early for breaking the fourth wall, isn't it? That take is spicier than my Bloody Mary. And I use real blood and real Marys. Got any others? Oh, we're not coming back down from this, I guess. And if you are playing mono green, I'm talking to you right now. Fucking quit it <laughs> with this goddamn 15-card cardboard. Fucking quit it, stop mono it. green players. Stop. stop. You don't need 15 cards. Play like a 12-card cardboard and make sure you have access to Voracious Hydra. Yes. Oh my god, yes. This is the, the, the time period where you needed to have a spread so you could answer all these unknown factors. Is Commander like the person in charge of magic? No, it's like a format that makes Anthony want to die. In the words of the greatest playwright of all time, Samuel Beckett, nothing's funnier than unhappiness. Oh, oh my god. My word. Magic is a zero sum game, and when I say zero sum, I'm referring to fun. So every ounce of fun that you are extracting out of a game of magic, you are taking by force from an opponent. You know, maybe Commander just really isn't for you. <laughs> that being said, I just love forcing him to play Commander. Yes, he's, he's, so do I. He's just bitchy the whole time. It's yes, great. It is. It's wonderful. <laughs> Sometimes this job makes me want to die. Stop laughing. I'm really sad. Aww.
no, that's the canned laughter. So you hear it too. I really thought this whole thing was going second half a lost on me. I don't think J.J. Abrams was born yet when Cheers was running. I don't know what either of those things are. Are they people? Are you saying the names of people? Don't start with that shit. You were the one that referenced Lost. Did Rocky Horror release in the Cheers universe? Your outfits are starting to make more sense now. Then you know the pain of Tim Curry as a sex symbol in a movie that was supposed to be intended for children. If hanging out with a frog makes you not a cop, then I am furious about the plot of Princess and the Frog. I felt like the frogs were very anti-state in that movie. I feel like any animal character in any Disney movie is just always like that. Ferngully was Disney. I believe it was not Disney. Okay, that makes more sense because like the protagonists were just like eco-terrorists, basically. They're just like, fuck big business, get out of my forest. <laughs> yeah, God bless. Love that movie. Yeah, it's A-plus film. I really liked that the main problem with that movie that I have conceptually as a children's movie is that they gave Tim Curry that song and just made him too sexy. <laughs> too sexy, Tim Curry. That is there's too much. Leave, leave some for the rest of us. <laughs> if you grew up in the generation where Fern Gully was like part of the zeitgeist, how do you compete with that? You're just like, no. Nah. You just don't. Yeah. Tim Curry was too sexy, man. What are you supposed to fucking do? Speaking of unexpected sex symbols, there was this whole thing about the Snape wives and Alan Rickman. Oh, well, the, the Reader's Digest version of it is that uh, uh, a, a group of women decided that they were all polygamously married to the ephemeral spirit of the fictional character Severus Snape. Wow. What? <laughs> These are the rabbit holes you go down? Yeah, I love video essays so much. <laughs> this one was four hours long. My word. <laughs> yeah, but it was very informative. You got to hear a lot of stuff about the Snape Wives. And not making fun of the Snape Wives. You do you. Like, God bless it. I have a great, I hope you have a, I hope you have a great time. That sounds like a blast. You seem very happy with Snape and or Jethro Gibbs from NCIS. Although that was definitely a point of contention. There was a fight over posters after Jethro Gibbs got involved. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, what a tangent I've taken us on. <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> People really wanted to fuck Hans Gruber? Only when he was both capable of torture magic and has an unhealthy relationship with someone's mother. And the Onceler. That was a surprising sex symbol, too. I like to say that I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Or if... You know, all things are going well. Much like the Onceler fandom, I'm here for neither. <laughs> Y'all remember that? I when, think you're the only one who does. When people were just like thirsting after the the Onceler from the Lorax adaptation. Oh my god, I do remember that. Yeah, he was the is the archetypal Byronic hero. <laughs> A long line of succession <laughs> extending from Lord Byron himself. Through to, quote, the vampire, straight through <laughs> to Edward Cullen and culminating, reaching its natural cultural terminus in the Onceler. I remember that book. That Dr. Seuss person was distinctly unfuckable. You could always read better books with significantly more fuckable characters. Like what? We've got that nice little intro that I can put, like, vaguely inspired by but legally distinct from Lord of the Rings music over top. Ooh, can I do it? Yeah. Yes. Do you your, do your, um, do your, uh, My best Galadriel. Galadriel of the Gorilla Grip impression. 
Right, you ready? Never. Good. The modern format has changed. Feel it in the gameplay. Feel it in the sideboards. Smell it in the damp convention centers of Mordor. Also known as Ohio. I've never been to Ohio, and I'd like to keep it that way. All right, so here's your next round. So you've got a podcast, and it's about playing a children's card game, insulting each other to the point of sexual gratification, and talking about bad movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And people like this. Like, they listen to it, even if you aren't threatening their life or their family. Well, we do actually try to provide some value. Yeah, smut films try to provide some value. Breaking serve is a term that we'll use to describe when you're on the defensive role, and you cast a spell or take a game action or do something that allows you to reposition yourself into the aggressive role. So the big serve break that we're used to seeing is like when you turn the corner, when you say, I'm no longer trying to play defense, I'm going to activate the celestial colonnade and start attacking. You know, Anthony's always the colonnade guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm always the colonnade guy. And believe it or not, I had a really, really hard time breaking serve and getting out of that i'm on in a defensive role switching and turning the corner and saying now's the time i need to start trying to close this game out Mm -hmm. my instinct and i i think a lot of people that skew conservative in their magic play will do is they'll stay on the defensive they just will be very risk averse and won't want to expose themselves by trying to turn the corner and trying to close out the game. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I was thinking of. I I tend to when I get into the defensive position, I will stop thinking of how do I move forward for me? How mm-hmm. do I like remove something from their board or how do I do x thing, you know? So that would be the difference, right? Like we're talking changing your mindset from okay, I don't need to remove this thing from their board because the card that I'm holding is more impactful, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I get to be asking the questions now. They get to they get to be answering them. Mm-hmm. A lot of it breaks down to: Am I playing to win the game, or am I playing to not lose? You should always be playing to win the game. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes playing to win the game and playing to not lose share the same game actions. Like they look a they look really similar when you're on the defensive. Those two play patterns look exactly the same. Playing to not lose might be going past the turn with two removal spells up because you're you're worried about what's happening. And playing to win the game might also look like that because you're in a defensive position. That's the identifying that basic holding pattern is the easiest part of all of this. If nothing changes, who wins? That's a you. But you need to have that in Mm -hmm. order to start. Otherwise, you can never make an informed decision on do I try to take the offensive here or not? If you're misidentifying what the whole, who the holding pattern benefits, you might be on the offensive and think you're on defense. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Identifying these holding patterns is easy. Step one. Step two is now that I know which role I'm in, 
who the holding pattern benefits. I, I, I know that I should be the one to either preserve it or change it, depending on if I'm on defense. I'd like to eventually change that. And if I'm on offense, I want to preserve that holding pattern. And then if you know that you do want to change the holding pattern, you want to pick the best possible time to do that, preferably when you can when you can stifle some of your opponent's offense and then transition to being offensive yourself. Those best moments when you get to turn the corner is when you Restoration Angel was a great example, right? Mm. Like oh, yeah. Avison restored Ref Restoration Angel. Sometimes you would just flash in a Restoration Angel, eat their three power attacker, untap, attack them for five. You have broken serve there, right? Mm -hmm. You were getting beaten to death by this three power guy. You go Resto, block, untap, attack you, leave mana up. I'm good to go. You're just saying you were on offense. But now I'm the one that is saying, can you answer this restoration? How the turntables have turned. And that flippity floppity gibberish means something to these people? Yeah, yeah, kind of, pretty much. Pretty sure. Much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The hard part is figuring out, am I in a board state that can get to the main loop? And if I am, what game actions do I have to take to get there? Because sometimes, depending on your mana and your devotion, sometimes you might have to minus Karn, go get Chain Veil, play Chain Veil, activate Chain Veil, minus Cure on Chain Veil, activate Chain Veil. Or you might have to Karn minus Chain Veil, play Chain Veil, activate Chain Veil, minus Cure on Nykthos, activate Nykthos. Minus the Karn again, go get your Pestilent Cauldron, Pestilent Cauldron, a Kiora back, play the new Kiora, minus on Chain Veil, minus on Nykthos, activate Nykthos, activate Chain Veil. That's the type of beautiful content you all would expect to hear if we were to go over every iteration of how to get to the main loop. We're not going to do that today. Wait, are you one of those snake churches? You have to tell me if you're one of those snake churches. It's like being a cop. Cool. I want this card to be so good or just at least playable. Because, oh my word, uh, you know I, I love me some, some Golgari cards. I play, I play Yawgmoth a lot, obviously. I've said that a lot on this podcast, but we have a particular three-mana Planeswalker that I am very hyped for, and that is Tyvar Jubilant Baller. Baller. Ha! <laughs> Jubilant We got an Brawler. episode title, motherfucker! Jubilant Baller, here we go. Tyvar be ballin'. You, girl, do you understand what they're saying? I like to think so. So in Magic, you have access to 75 cards in order to do it. That is your main deck plus a 15-card sideboard. So after game one, you can bring in cards from your sideboard to alter your deck construction to help tune your deck a little bit more for an individual matchup, right? You know, a lot of people, when they first kind of start in competitive space, they will sideboard not at all or way too little. Like you're trusting that this deck that you are playing is functioning and they don't want to change it. Right. And then they overcorrect and change way too much. Way too much. And that just makes it harder for you to execute your deck's game plan if you've just got a million interactive pieces in your aggro deck, right? That was where I fell most recently. Was the over-sideboarding side of things? Yeah. I think yeah. I went very quickly from just, like, not looking at it to being like, oh, these cards will help me. And then yeah. just <laughs> took so many of them. And just like... It's like All uh, these cards will help me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's very easy to fall into the, 
this is what I lost to. I need to be able to beat it. But mm-hmm. the bad thing about that is you end up bringing in like removal spells against control decks and because you don't want to lose to their finisher creature. No, that no. game was lost way before that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I have never taken the full 15, though, except for the time I accidentally shuffled the sideboard in. Well, there are there are cases where you do just shove your whole sideboard into your deck, and that's when you play against Mill. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't do it, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> And I even have my own flippity floppity gibberish from time to time. I do agree with Anthony. Like, focus on playing better, not so much deck construction. But I am a brewer at heart. Sometimes you just want to play a meme deck or jank or just something fun. And I'm going to tell you, be honest with yourself. It's probably not going to do well. I think it's great if people want to play the meme deck. Like, I think yeah, go for it's it. really fun. And if you're having fun, go for it. But don't expect that deck to be your winner. Don't expect that deck to be your top eight deck. Because if you do that and you keep playing it, you're just bashing your head against a wall. Yeah, don't get mad but, when you get dumpstered. N- no, you, you can't because you, you have to know that when you have a 5-10% win rate with it, like, why do you have a 10% win rate with it? Do you know why that is? If you know why that is, it's not going to happen for you. You know, mm-hmm. like, pick something else. Definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. But at the end of the day, no one's perfect. We all make mistakes. Some of us more than others. (laughs) Wait, he gets a laugh track now? I wrote this bitch, I get the fucking laugh track. But at least if you get to learn from your mistakes, they're not so bad. Just ask Anthony's mom. Everyone knows you control the sound effects, Anthony. That shit killed and you know it. When you accept a mistake that you've made and say, like, this was a mistake, it lets you talk about them with other players and improve based on those mistakes without having to worry about, like, saving face or illogically defend them as the right play. Because your understanding of the mistakes and a good player, in quotes, allows for a good player to make those mistakes. You can be good at the game and make those mistakes. Most good players make a lot of mistakes. You know, we learn more from our failures than our triumphs. It's as simple as that. We don't always have the right answers. We don't always do things perfectly, but you learn from them and don't just ignore your mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about them. Well, there really are two kinds of wrong. So I'm saying saying we have 30 minus two times devotion is 10. So 30 minus two times 10 solve for mana. 280. Wow, that is incredibly incorrect. <laughs> it is because What's my brain said my brain said the incorrect. That's wow, I just don't you know because I did 30 know, minus 2 first. That's why. Okay, yeah, wow. That's that's I just rough. did it yeah, in the wrong the, the, order of operations. Okay, yeah. That's there's you know how there's like two types of wrong. The first type is when you're at a restaurant <laughs> and you ask for a diet coke and your waiter brings you a regular coke. Uh, that type of wrong is pretty easy to fix. You'd be like, oh, actually, no, I ordered a Diet Coke. I'm so sorry. And then they get you a Diet Coke. And the second type of wrong is where instead of bringing you a Diet Coke, the waiter sits in your lap and bites you on the nose like Danny DeVito from that Batman movie. Actually, you were the second kind of wrong here. So two times 10 is 20. 30 minus 20 is 10. That uh-huh. means you would need to have at least 10 mana in order to go off with 10 devotion. Mm-hmm. No, I see it now. I just, I ins- I looked at that and my math, my math went way wrong because I chose the wrong I, order. I got 10 and got really confused because of, again, I'm an arts school graduate. You and did it right. 
Yeah, that I was, was correct. I, but, you know, Anthony weaponizes my education against me all the time. And I just don't believe I'm right most of the time when it comes to math. It, it's true. I am a bully. You are. That. I, do, I do know basic maths and I know what I did. It was just my brain. Against all right. available evidence, I believe you. Because I have faith in you. Take heart. Fuck you. Don't rule out this waitress biting you. I was married to Danny DeVito at one point, you know. <laughs> so your talk show is really about the magic and movies that no one likes and being mean to each other. Well, we also try to build each other up. Be a LeBron Swanson. LeBron Swanson. But um, yeah, like it, it's it's so crazy having this conversation and just how easily it re like it resembles just professional sports because like you said people are like if you're the best player in your play group your commander pod your casual friends you know it doesn't matter people are going to come to you for advice mm -hmm. and you know if they think you're a really good player if they know you're a really good player they're going to want to get better no matter whether it's competitive or casual and if you are a dick they're not going to come to you for advice they're not they're not really going to spend as much time with you whether you're friends or acquaintances and you know Back to the 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 whetstone isn't a good knife, but it sharpens the knife. Not every player is going to be a good coach, and not every coach is going to be a good player. Amen. Keep each other from getting too frustrated. And what tilt is is a slang term that used to describe frustration, and you know, you just being upset while you play magic, and like specifically that frustration causing you to play worse, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think and. I may be full of shit here and tell me if I am, <laughs> but I believe it's a reference to the tilt state that a pinball machine can go into where if you like smack into it or like bump it too hard, it says tilt and then it doesn't let you use the, your flippers anymore. I, yeah, I think you might be right <laughs> uh, there. So there are like pinball enthusiasts out there. And mm -hmm. if anybody that's listening is a pinball enthusiast, it probably just fucking screaming at me they're like you idiot <laughs> you don't you don't even pin i don't i don't know what the i don't i don't, I don't, I don't know i don't know what their slangs people. are uh, yeah. <laughs> who, who knows you know there's just a, like that random one person that stumbled upon this and said i like goblins and trash oh oh they're getting pinball wrong fuck them because like uh. <laughs> when you're playing pinball you you bump the table to kind of give yourself some mm -hmm. extra like leeway but if you get like really mad at what's going on you bump it too hard it goes into tilt and it turns off mm -hmm. your flippers and it's just like hey you're just not able to do this and making sure that we all know that we have each other's backs when things are going bad and when things are going well and making sure that people listening know how important that is okay cryptic only now we're gonna we're gonna hope that i'm correct about this but i think i am cryptic hint number one cryptic command <laughs> no oh wait um, i'll say that for anthony yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is a colorless card. Oh, is it a land? No. Okay. Did it see play in Eldrazi Shrine? No. Okay. Question mark? It is currently seeing play. A pioneer? Yes. Is it an artifact? Yes. Is it a vehicle? Yes. Bank busing? No. Not busing. <laughs> is it Sky Sovereign? It is. Ooh, oh yeah that, oh that's so, oh my god ashley that's so cool i love that because that's like such a great example oh, of yeah. how somebody would break serve mm -hmm. against the mono white aggro deck mm -hmm. i oh my god that makes me feel like that's really I feel good like that's you're really, really good. like that's you that's just showing you just like super engaging with what's going on here mm -hmm. and like internalizing it on just like oh my god i'm so happy i'm so proud <laughs> oh god don't cry anthony it'll be okay <laughs> 
I love that. Yeah, I love that's that too. That's a, great. That's a beautiful, beautiful example. Love it. I love that. I'm overjoyed beyond words. So happy. Aww. That's kind of sweet. You know, you all make me want to play the magic. Let me hop online and buy a deck right now. The one ring is how much? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my bar. We're closed.